0: this morning is taken from the gospel according to Matthew, chapter 5, beginning in verse 43. You have heard that it was said, you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you, so that you may be children of your Father in heaven. For he makes his son rise on the evil and on the good, and sends rain on the righteous and on the unrighteous. For if you love those who love you, what reward do you have? Do not even the tax collectors do the same? And if you greet only your brothers and sisters, what more are you doing than others? Do not even the Gentiles do the same? Be perfect, therefore, as your heavenly Father is perfect. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. You may be seated. Well, good morning. It is obviously football season and um, Florida State won. Can we give it up for Florida State? You don't have to. But it was surprising. It's hard to watch my team this year. As um, many of us in the room can relate, there are seasons that come along where our teams are just hard to watch. It's painful. And as I think about my team and you think about your team, whether it was a high school team or college professional team, they all have these seasons and they have these games where it just doesn't go well. Things look hopeless. Things the players look helpless. They line up going the wrong way. Yes. It happens. And I wonder how those players feel when things just feel so hopeless. When they're against a, a team that is just too strong, too big, too numerous, too good. And both sides know it. When I think about this, when I think about this uh, occasion of, of facing an enemy that's just better, it's just stronger, it's just more numerous, and it's just, well, they're They're insurmountable. I go to a particular movie. Do you have a favorite football movie? Sports movie? Anyone? Rudy, That's a go-to. I love Rudy. It's one of those I can't even... If it's on TV, I can't turn it off. I have to sit and watch it. Are there others? What? Blindside? Another great one. Somebody earlier mentioned um, The Express. No one mentioned Brian's song. Or North Dallas 40. The longest yard. One of my favorites is one called uh, Friday Night Lights. Are you familiar with Friday Night Lights? Not the series, but the movie. Uh, the movie is based on a book called Friday Night Lights, and it was written by an author who who sank himself into the life and into the culture of this West Texas town. And he sank his life into following like the rest of the town, the Permian Panthers. They were in the the Permian Basin, this oil field out in West Texas. And, and high school football is king in West Texas, all over Texas. Well, the Permian Panthers were um, perennial favorites to compete for the, for the state championship. And, and so this author went and just sank himself into this culture, into the city, got to know the players, the coaches, the, some of the parents, and just the city culture itself. And he wrote a book about it. It followed this one particular player who was like their, He was their all star. He was their hope. His name was Booby Miles. He was a running back, and he was a powerful, fast runner. He was destined for a Division One. If it hadn't been for that second game of the season when he blew out his knee, his season was over. His career was over. So they put this young kid in, a freshman, who was electric who was deceptive and fast. And the Permian Panthers made their way through the season. They lost two games, which put them at risk of not going to the playoffs. So at the end of the regular season, there was a three-way tie to go to the playoffs in their region, in their district. So the coaches, the three coaches, met in an undisclosed location, a truck stop in the middle of a highway in the middle of nowhere, and they flipped a coin to see who would go. Each coach had a coin, and so three coins were flipped, and the two that landed on the same side went to the playoffs. The Permian Panthers earned their way into the playoffs by a coin toss. They make their way through the playoffs, and this movie is following all of this, and as they make their way through the playoffs, they, they face this team from Dallas or Houston. It's this incredibly good team, just, just full of Division One players. They were going to play on Saturday the next year. Probably on Sundays in the years following. They were a powerful team. They were big. They were numerous. They were skilled. They were talented. They had everything. And the Permian Panthers looked small and puny in comparison. But they were there. They went into this game and they were, they were getting it handed to them. And they were really taking a beating. And at halftime, they gathered in the locker room and they're just dejected and they're angry and they're afraid and it's just everything looks hopeless and helpless and, and they're gathered in this locker room and they're gathered on, they're sitting, they're standing on their one knee and, and they're gathered up and the coach, Gary Gaines, comes in and he gathers them all up and he hushes the crowd and it's just this Paul in the room. And he gives this speech in the movie. He gives this incredible speech, halftime speech. This is what he says. Well, it's real simple. You got two more quarters, and that's it. Now, most of you have been playing this game for 10 years. And you got two more quarters, and after that, most of you will never play this game again as long as you live. Now, you all have known me for a while, and for a long time now you've been hearing me talk about being perfect. Well, I want you to understand something. To me, being perfect is not about that scoreboard out there. It's not about winning. It's about you and your relationship to yourself and your family and your friends. Being perfect is about being able to look your friends in the eye and know that you didn't let them down because you told them the truth. And that truth is that you did everything that you could, there wasn't one more thing that you could have done. Can you live in that moment? As best you can, with clear eyes and love in your heart, with joy in your heart. If you can do that, gentlemen, then you're perfect. I want you to take a moment, and I want you to look each other in the eyes, and I want you to put each other in your hearts forever, because forever is about to happen here in just a few minutes. I want you to close your eyes, and I want you to think about Booby Miles, who is your brother. And he would die to be out there on that field with you tonight. And I want you to put that in your hearts. Boys, my heart is full. My heart's full. Now think about that. Perfection for Coach Gary Gaines was not on the scoreboard. It wasn't found in the win-loss columns. It was found in the relationship that his players had with one another. And when we think about the gospel passage this morning, we think about the gospel according to Matthew, what does Jesus mean when he says, Be perfect, therefore, as your heavenly Father is perfect? That is a scary, frightening, awesome concept. That Jesus is not saying, It's possible. He's saying, Go and be perfect. Because God is perfect. That's amazing. To think that we are not invited to think about perfection. We're not invited to be good. We're not invited to be okay. We're charged to be perfect. Now, John Wesley wrote a lot about perfection. In fact, John Wesley probably made the, one of the lasting contributions that makes Methodism unique among Protestants and evangelicals that we have this concept and we say that we are moving towards perfection. When you're ordained in the Methodist Church, the bishop will ask you, he asked me, are you moving towards perfection? And what is your answer? What will your answer be, Kristen? Yes. Do you think you can attain perfection in this life? Yes. So for John Wesley, who proposes and agrees with Jesus that we can be perfect, what does he mean? Like I said, he wrote a lot about this, a lot. I mean, I wrote down... 11 points, summary points of one of his letters. There were another three points in a a different letter three years later. There's entire sermons on Christian perfection, not to mention journal entry after journal entry after journal entry on Christian perfection. So I want to read all of those to you today. Not really. I want you to hear two quotes from John Wesley in his sermon, Christian Perfection, which he wrote in 1746. 1746. John Wesley states that perfection does not imply an exemption from ignorance or mistakes or infirmities or temptations. Indeed, it is only another term for holiness. In 1767, he says, By perfection I mean the humble, gentle, patient love of God and our neighbor ruling our tempers, words, and actions. John Wesley equates his term of perfect, perfect love as holiness. We are charged to be holy, like God is holy. We are charged to be separate, different perfect in how we relate to each other, how we relate to God, how we relate to our neighbor. We are called to be perfect in love. How do we do that? How do we attain such a lofty goal? Well, Peter writes about it. Peter, in chapter 1, verse... In chapter 2... Verses 1 through 3 that Leanne read earlier gives us some hints. We're to rid ourselves of all malice and all guile, insincerity, envy, and all slander. The truth is we can't do that on our own. We don't have the power, the fortitude, the metal, the steel to do that but with God's help and working with God in this fashion of synergy, we can. And as Peter continues in chapter 2, he talks about this holy priesthood, this beautiful temple. He continues in verse 4, Come to him a living stone, though rejected by mortals, yet chosen and precious in God's sight. And like living stones, let yourselves be built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, to offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. For it stands in Scripture. See, I am laying in Zion a stone, a cornerstone chosen and precious, and whoever believes in him will not be put to shame. To you then who believe he is precious. But for those who do not believe, the stone that the builders rejected has become the very head of the corner. You are chosen, a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's own people, in order that you may proclaim the mighty acts of him who called you out of darkness and into his marvelous light a holy priesthood, a holy nation. Let's change that to say a loving priesthood, a loving nation. That's what we're called to be. And we can be that together. We can be those living stones built on the cornerstone of Jesus, the true stone The one who allows us to stand strong together, to connect together, to relate together, to look in one another's eyes and know that we couldn't do anything else because we've done all that we can do. There's not one more thing that we can do because we've given it all to God, to one another. That's perfection. So maybe when it's halftime and the game looks lost and we feel hopeless and helpless and we gather together to lick our wounds maybe then's a time to look around in each other's eyes and ask ourselves: have we done all we can do is there one more thing that I can do have I given all of myself as a holy and acceptable sacrifice to God and in giving myself I have given to you is there one more thing that I can love is there one more thing that I can forgive is there one more bit of grace that I can offer maybe when that becomes our way of life we'll find ourselves on the road to perfection and we will see that this church with the church universal is being built with living stones to be a beautiful temple that we together are a holy priesthood that we together are a holy nation a chosen race God's own children and when we own that we offer ourselves as perfect sacrifices we can look each other in the eye and know there's not one more thing that I could have done that's the community Jesus has charged us with that's the church that is being built in the world through Jesus Christ that is the church Offering a place of belonging, a sense of belonging to brothers and sisters alike, aliens and exiles alike. That's the church. Growing in our understanding and in our faith and our belief. And that's the church. Becoming its best, becoming perfect.